I'm Jackie Patton, the founder of Inkblot Creative, and my favourite things are finding out what makes people tick and geeking out about how we communicate. On every episode, I'm going to be chatting to business leaders, creatives, and everyone in between about how they stay connected to their goals, relationships, and their sense of purpose in a world where we're always glued to our screens. I love to chat, so every week you can tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher for the next free episode. I'd love for you to be a part of it too, so head over to Instagram and find us at ink underscore blot underscore creative to let me know what you think. This week, I'm talking to Lisa Springate, the chairwoman of the IOD in Jersey. Now, I've known Lisa from afar for a little while, and I always wondered how she created the career that she has. It was really great to sit down with her and have a good natter about juggling this big role with her day job, because yes, she really does do it all, and her family life and ambitions for the future. I remember somebody telling me once, and I think it's very true, I think life's sort of like a cake, and you have to make sure that you've got the, the slices, you know, apportioned properly. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Tom Faulkner, chiropractor and owner of Human Health. We talk about becoming a new dad, how we built a really strong value system, and why he thinks we should all think about the body and mind as one. It's a great episode, so don't miss it when it goes live. And if you missed our last episode with Hannah Jacks, go and grab it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher now, or subscribe so you don't miss out. And guys, please don't forget to leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear, because they really do help. This is... Stay connected. So exciting for you. You're number four today. Yeah, so I've been number four. chatting away all day long. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me. Um, now, to kick off every episode, I've asked my guests to bring along an object that they feel connected to. So can you tell our listeners what you brought with you today? <laughs> mobile phone. You brought your mobile phone. Well, that's fine. And why Why did you choose that as your object? Um, I think communication for me is really key. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like to switch off without a doubt also, but um, I just find with a, with the, the, the mobile generally that it is that source of communication for friends, family, work, um, for news, what's going on around the world. And so from my perspective, actually, although some may see it as something that they just really don't wish to bring along with them all the time, I actually feel quite lost when I haven't got it for that reason. So it's not just, you know, as, as I say, to be connected to work, but it's also in terms of, you know, family and friends. Mm. And so you said you might feel lost without it. So do you ever turn it off, hide it away? No. No, never. <laughs> I love it. At least you're honest. No, unless so we're on holiday and there's no Wi-Fi and it won't work. <laughs> unless you have to then. Unless I have to. And what about social media? Do you use your phone for that? Is that something yes, that you Yes, I do. I mean, particularly since uh, taking on the chair of IOD role, um, that's really been quite key mm. to us um, because we've obviously been promoting this very much new new year, new look IOD. Um, and uh, with the assistance of BWI, we've really kind of tried to change the look of IOD this year, make it a lot more modern, a lot more diverse a lot more inclusive um, and so it's really been quite key uh, to us from that perspective and I think that's really sort of um, sort of made me realise how important um, promotional um, material and, and you know yeah. and LinkedIn and Facebook is to us all and Instagram yes yeah yeah and what about personally do you use it much or are you kind of um, in terms of for Facebook and yeah some, like sometimes um, I not not as much I don't probably post as much because I don't have the time after the <laughs> yeah. work and the IOD posts but sometimes yeah sometimes yeah. I'm not one of these people though that will sort of you know do daily posts um, but um, yeah no I'm you know no not really so you're just you're on your phone to make sure that you're up to speed with everything exactly exactly and tell me a little bit about 
kind of yourself, like your upbringing? How did it all kind of start for you? Okay, so I'm not from Jersey originally. I'm I'm from Cheshire. Um, And... um, I went to an all girls boarding school in Wales. Oh, um, wow. So from age of 11, um, sort of right through. Um, and then after going to university to study law, um, I then went on to London, which was the only place at that time where you could do your bar finals. Uh, that was in 1990. <laughs> um, and um, and then after that, um, yeah, so, so it was a sort of career straight through in law, really. Oh, fantastic. What made you decide to do law? Um, my cousins in law as well as my father and oh, um, wow. okay. so um, when I was at uh, college I used to sort of pop into my um, sort of father's practice where he was um, I realized that a solicitor's practice wasn't the way forward for me because I um, I saw one of the lawyers within that practice he used to do quite a lot of the criminal law mm-hmm. used to go to court um, and um, having seen them go to court I thought actually that's that's something that really did inspire me. Um, and so that's the reason I ended up going down the, the bar, bar route, route as opposed yeah. to the solicitor's route. Yes, yeah. So did you do much of that as part of your career I, then? I did. So I qualified in London in 91. Um, and then I did um, a few years at the the London bar. Oh, wow. Um, I also worked out in Hong Kong before the handover as well as a paralegal out there, which is really good. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then I came into Jersey in about 93. Um, so I was um, at bar school with somebody that was from Jersey. I only <laughs> There's came... always someone from Jersey everywhere. <laughs> There's always and uh, I, only, I only came actually for a couple of years um, just to get some offshore experience. And I ended up getting involved in a litigation case at work and went, went on for a number of years. And then I met my husband who's local. Um, rest is the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> then you're stuck then, aren't you? Because you're here. Well, it's not a bad place to no, be stuck in. It's a lot worse. Um, so in terms of kind of like we're talking about connection today. So you've lived in quite a few different places. Is there one place that you feel mo- most connected to? Is there somewhere that most feels kind of um, special I think for you? The older I've got, the more I've appreciated Jersey. Mm. I think um, certainly when I arrived here in sort of my late 20s, um, I think I was probably I didn't appreciate how much the island had to offer. Um, I think having worked in London and Hong Kong, which were both quite fast paces, yeah. and then I came here, there was a huge difference between the two. Um, I think that in terms of what attracted me early on was the quality of work, because um, having been at the London Bar and also in Hong Kong, I realised that the standard of work was the quality of work was really excellent quite early on, which I think kept me here for quite a while. Yeah. But as the older I've got, the more I've sort of realised that this island really has everything in a sort of very small area. Um, and now when I go on, um, you know, away with work and, and travel, I sort of always come back and think at the airport when I get back, great, I'm home. Yeah. Because um, I think it's really got so much to offer in, you know, in terms of um, from a leading international financial centre of excellence perspective, as well as a, a quality of work life balance. It really does hold a lot. And now when I sort of speak to friends who are still in London and still out in Hong Kong that I've kept in contact with, you know, I think the older you get, um, I think you value that pace of life mm. a lot more and that work-life balance, which in my 20s, I didn't really, yeah, I was quite happy to work as, yeah. as long as I needed to. It's interesting, isn't it, how that changes as you get older? You kind of, even though maybe your career progresses more, you want more balance in kind yes. of your day-to-day, yeah. which is a bit of a juxtaposition yeah. sometimes. And you mentioned you went to boarding school. Mm. So what kind of student were you when you were at school? <laughs> um, I... Probably would sort of say that um, I was quite a sociable one. I'd always be the one that would be out <laughs> on the corridors, having sort of been caught out in the dormitories at night talking or in other dormitories talking. So I was always known as a good communicator, I think. Um, I was quite a team player, I'd like to think, in terms of I used to um, play quite a lot of hockey and lacrosse. And um, yeah, I used to sort of always be quite keen to develop a, a sort of team mm. um, environment. And I think that's probably 
stood me in quite good stead for sort of later on again yeah. when I'm right now with the leading the IOD to ensure that you always do try and um, bring about a team environment, which to me is really important yeah, to make culture. everybody, yeah, to make everybody feel kind of really included. Yeah. yeah. And do you have you kept in touch with anybody that you I have? In fact, a very dear friend of mine, Tracy Forsyth, who um, she was at BBC in the UK. Uh, she's now set up a co coaching company, having oh, really? again hit 50. Like myself, she decided that she wanted a, a change. And she's coming over for the next IED lean-in event on the 19th oh, of March. And we've got a sellout for that event, over 200 people. So um, I have indeed, yeah. And so um, um, I've also kept in contact with quite a few of the other girls as well, who at that time were all around the world. And we've sort of kept on contact on Facebook. Oh, that's amazing, yes. isn't yeah. it, that you're all still in touch? And what about... Um... So you mentioned you're into sport and things at school, also things like lacrosse and hockey. Mm. But were there any like subjects that you were particularly kind of into? Um, I probably quite I was quite um, arty at school in terms of um, and again, I've tried to keep that going. But again, time restrictions mm. are such that I just don't get chance. But that's something I'd like to explore more. Um, but no, essentially, I, I, I think looking back, I was probably not focused on science or art. So it's more of a kind of all, all sort mm. of more general. Yeah. And so art, so are you artistic then in your, when you get um, the chance? When I get the chance. <laughs> what do you like to do? Um, I do like to paint, but I haven't for, had a chance for a long time with, you know, I, I did um, art A-level and we used to do lots of screen printing, batik, um, and, but it's something that, yeah, I've just not got the time to oh, do. You have to, you have to get back into it. That sounds great. Could be a little side hustle could for be. when you could get, be. after all these big jobs that you've got. I mean, one thing I have has gone back to, I, I used to um, play piano um, when I was at school. And again, when I went to university, it's something that, you know, cause yeah. there's no, and, uh, so I've taken that back up recently. Oh, wow. Um, again, when I kind of try and have sort of some time just to sort of away from, um, work and IOD, um, because again, I think it's quite good just to have something that is completely, you know, just, just for you, just to, yeah, just to relax uh, away from work and playing the piano. God, I'd love to do something like that. I'm rubbish with instruments. That's not my forte. <laughs> I'm sure not. <laughs> no, sure really. Not. I had, I actually, somebody gave me a recorder the other day at a dinner party and that didn't go down very well. <laughs> you know, the ones you had at school, the little tiny ones they give to kids. And so we mentioned, obviously you've worked for the JFL and chairman of the IRD. Yes. So you've got kind of double hatted. Do you reckon that, um, the kind of lacrosse playing, sneaking out your dormitory to have a chat, <laughs> teenager would have imagined herself in the jobs um, you're in now. I probably never envisaged actually leaving law. Um, oh, that's so I think I think in terms of, um, I you know I was quite very happy in the sort of the firm where I was. I'd been a you know partner there for many years. Mm. I'd been with the firm seventeen years, um, and I think it was just the fact that I appreciated how quickly the time had gone between uh, age forty and age fifty. And it suddenly sort of, I think, brought it home when we were talking to, you know, girlfriends of a similar age where we kind of said, well, actually, this is that sort of next chapter now in terms of, you know, really, what do we want to mm. make it? Um, and I'd been in law, you know, for doing litigation for, well, sort of near on 27 years. And I still really enjoyed it. I, I very much still enjoyed the buzz of when I um, obtained a new instruction through doing the business development and I also used to still very much enjoy going to court. And if we were successful, even more so when, yeah. you know, with the thrill and the, and the client's response and, and working again as a team, because inevitably we'd be working with counsel and London lawyers. And so, again, you had that team um, environment. Um, but I think um, I'd started doing some of the IOD work. I'd also started um, uh, as a, a NED on board apprentice oh, yeah. um, and I'd started doing some other sort of areas of, of interest. And I think it made me realise that actually I wanted to sort of to, to still use the skills I'd learned as a litigator and as a lawyer, but to do something else. Mm -hmm. And um, 
So I made the decision to leave. It, it took me probably about 12, 18 months to make that decision. Well, it's um, a big one, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it was quite a surprise to quite a few people because I think, you know, we're all at that age where people just will continue in the in the role. Um, I think at the time, um, I always took the view as anything in life that, you know, there's always an option. You mm. can always go back. And um, I thought that, you know, if I didn't enjoy the the role at Jersey Finance, that I could always go back to, to private well, practice you're still again. a lawyer, aren't you? Yeah, you're still a lawyer. <laughs> but I think actually, in, in a way, it was probably the, one of the best things I did because, um, you know, the saying that, you know, changes is as good as a rest is the, the best thing you can do because, you it breathes sort of new life I think into you and it gives you new energy and um the Jersey finance role was totally different than I'd sort of um yeah. you know knew before um but again I think you learn to use your skills so I suppose skills that you learn as a litigator to try and mediate between the parties to see where you can try and get to a center point where everybody's reasonably happy with I sort of learned that you know obviously we are well, the role at Jersey Finance is um, head of legal and technical. We're there as the representative uh, sort of body of of the industry to, you know, in terms of what their needs and concerns yeah. are in terms of legislation and, and regulation and innovation. Um, but you're then trying to work with the other stakeholders in government and the commission. You hear what their objectives are and what their plans are. And you're trying to really get everybody as far as you can into the centre again for the benefit of Jersey PLC. So sometimes it's quite a challenge. Um but it's it's something that I really enjoy because I suppose like litigation, it's a challenge and it's it's like litigation, you know, each day is just so different. It really is. So you talked about kind of bringing your skills from being a litigator. How do you kind of stay connected to those skills when you're doing jobs that are quite different? Like how do you make sure you stay on top of that? Because that's um, quite... I suppose that it's um, like in litigation with a client, um, you know, particularly litigation, you're obviously dealing with quite sort of... Um, sort of stressed individuals yeah. or, or when it's a corporate it's easier than an individual so it's it's less you know it's, uh, they're more detached but I suppose it's again it's it's being um you've got to ensure that you're listening to that person and you've got to ensure that also not only you're listening but you're also filtering out what is actually perhaps emotion and what is actually a valid point um mm. and that's what I suppose as a litigator we got quite skilled at doing um because like now and I'm listening to a member I have to sort of think, okay, is this just one voice that's being very loud or is this becoming more of an island issue that yeah. I need to, to you know? And in the early days, that was quite, you know, again, in terms of just trying to make sure that I was listening to the right people and, and yeah. that, you know, the balance was right before I raised something with the other stakeholders. So I think it's a skill that you're, you know, you're, you're always listening to people and, and you're actually, you know, you're giving that, that two-way um, conversation with them. Yeah, you know, so they feel that they've got somebody they can that they've got a voice to be heard. Really. But then you have to keep the right hat on to make sure you're filtering the right things. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Goodness, it sounds difficult sometimes, I imagine. And what about um, kind of outside of work then? So, are there any people that you particularly love spending your your downtime with? Obviously, my husband. <laughs> yeah, you have to say <laughs> my <him>. husband. Um, <laughs> and uh, we've got a little cockapoo called Daisy. So I love. Oh. Um, yeah, at the weekends I love just sort of going down to you know, the sand jeans and just mm. going for long, long walks. I love doing that. Um, my father lives back in Cheshire. Um, and uh, since I lost my mum about two years ago, I've kind of, I suppose it really brings home even more so mm. with your parents. So um, I go back once a month and see my father. Oh, and again, um, he's got a lovely uh, little Springer Spaniel Jack. <laughs> and again, lovely long walks. Um, my father's always, like my husband's been, they're both really sort of key, key people in my life in that um, 
my father, I think, having been in law as well, sort of understands the, um, you know, some of the challenges. And he mm. probably has been and always will be my number one mentor, I think, yeah. in terms of, because even now at the age of 82, he's incredibly uh, on the button still. <laughs> well, that's handy. <laughs> and he's always that sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's always good to bounce things off him and my husband because you get a great perspective from, yeah. you know, an older person as well as, a you know, somebody of my own age as well. Oh, it's good that you get to spend time with him every month as well. Yes, That's fantastic. Yeah. And do you, so you obviously spend time with your dad every month, which is great. Do you find it easy to kind of carve out the time for your husband as well? Or is that a bit more of a challenge? I make, um, so I make a point. I mean, I remember somebody telling me once, and I think it's very true. I think life's sort of like a cake and you have to make sure that you've got the, the slices, you know, apportioned properly. Um, when I left private practice, I think my husband was relieved in that he, he's getting a slice he, finally. He, I think he thought that actually after litigation, because litigation can be 110 miles an hour some of the time, mm. um, that I think he thought I was going to be taking a sort of slightly slower speed in terms of which I think is true, which has happened in that, you know, I'm not doing the late the late evenings as much in the weekend work. Um I think obviously when I was asked about the IAD role, whether I'd be interested, I spoke at length with David about that. Um, but I think David knows me well enough and having known each other for 20 years, I think he knows that I'm at my happiest when I you operate at 110 miles an hour. Um, I'm not a person, as my friends will know, that I can go that slower speed. And um, so I think, but, I, but, it, but before taking that role... Um, I'm a real stickler. Each, in fact, each sort of Sunday, I will make sure that within that week there is the right portions of time. Um, and I think as I've got older, I've got better at that. Um, so I make sure that that slice of cake has got the work, the family, the husband, and everybody in there, and that they've got the right apportionments. Similarly, I think with walking and swimming and you know exercise, I think that's key because I think if you if you get those balances wrong, you can get out of kilter. Yeah, and, you really know, quickly. And you've well. got, you know, you've got to ensure that you are giving your best in those two roles. So I kind of stickler for making sure the the portions are right. I love that. It's very disciplined that you plan it out. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are listening, thinking, "Oh goodness, I wish I had the discipline to do that." But I guess if you've got a lot going on, you have to do it, don't mm. you? Otherwise, you lose out, like you said. And also, I think delegation. I think that's the other thing. Um, mm. As I've got older, I've got a lot better at delegation. So. Um, so with the IOD role, um, when I came on board, we had about nine on the main committee and about four on the subcommittees. So we were about 13 in total. So we've now grown to 62, which is fantastic. Wow, so that's in eight a good months, increase. That's a really good increase. So um, and what's fabulous is that we've got um, of the 10 subcommittees, we've got 10 chairs of each of those subcommittees. And I suppose my style of leadership has always been both with the Jersey finance team as well as um, actually IOD is that. I'm not one to micromanage. I, I get if I get good people on board, mm. I just leave them to sort of run their own ship um, and try and help them and empower them, I suppose, is my my way. Um, but what's been fabulous is that over the course of the eight months, there's a fantastic energy amongst the main committee because I think they're really enjoying all their roles. Um, the subcommittees as well, that kind of energy is really filtered down. And even at the last event we did, which was um, diversity and inclusion, which mm. is a sellout, um, the energy in the room is just amazing and what was so nice is that it it did feel what we're trying to achieve which is being modern and diverse and inclusive with the membership yeah. there yeah. you look really happy when you talk about it <laughs> but it's lovely it's nice to see somebody that's obviously like really passionate about what they do it obviously like no, gets I mean, you it, excited which I is great a bit like the JFL role um when I went into it last summer it was a challenge, I suppose, mm. and that's what I really, again, as a litigator, you enjoy challenges. Yeah. I, we're not, you know, we do need challenges to drive us. It's, that's my personality. And um, 
I think I saw, I think the, you know, the former chair had done a fantastic job. I suppose that my own vision for the brand for the next three years was um, to take it in a different way. Mm. Um, I realised, and going back to the sort of team environment with lacrosse and hockey, that you've got to bring your team with you. Um, And, you know, there were some quite difficult conversations at the beginning about, you know, do, did people want to be with me on that vision and to share those, um, you know, objectives or, and did they have the time to commit? Um, and, you know, at the beginning, because we probably got two thirds of a new committee, um, we've got a new branch officer um, and we've had obviously all these new subcommittees. But I, you know, at the beginning, it was those, you know, there was a lot of movement and a lot of change. But I, I suppose I had, um, I suppose as you get older, you get the confidence to sort of think, well, if I get the foundations right, mm. the rest will follow. And I think in the early days, some of the committee members kept saying, crikey, is it going to be any more change? You know, because every committee meeting is different. Next? Yeah, what's going to be the next thing? But actually, I think now we've realised that, you know, with our new website being launched this week, our new look newsletter, and the the fact we've got sellout events now, everything we're, we're launching, it seems to be hitting the right mark that I think people are now saying, actually, yeah, it's okay, working. it was working. And it was, you know, the early days, it was quite a challenge. You know, I'm not going to, you know, deny it, it was. And um but I suppose it's that, you know, you've got to have confidence in your own sort of thought process and thinking, you know, and I, I think what was key is um, I'm very lucky in that our new branch officer, um, Zoe Wharton, and also our, I've got a vice chair, Natasha Egray, and they are just completely key. And the three of us work incredibly effectively together. And, you know, it's just um, great, again, when you've got a team. Um, and I think... Um, what I found is that, you know, in some in terms of some of the, the items I've asked them to do. So um, I was, you know, we've been asked to do quite a lot of um, uh, television interviews mm. and, and radio interviews. And, you know, I'm a great believer, as I am with Jersey Finance, to promote your own team and to get the team out there. Yeah. I don't want to always be the, you know, the same face and the same voice out there. And so um, I asked them at, I think, the com- last committee <laughs> meeting or the meeting before last, did they have any problems being going on television? Um, which you could sort of see the body language in quite a few of them was like, yeah. really, Lisa, you didn't sign, you know. And so one of them did a television interview recently, um, Emma Kay, who chairs our diversity subcommittee yeah. with uh, Pippa from Lean In, and they were absolutely fabulous. And uh, similarly, the vice chair, Natasha, and um, David Brown have done um, the, the newspaper review yeah. recently. And I think what's lovely is that once they've done it, they sort of said, came out and said, Okay, it was a bit daunting, but you know what? I enjoyed it. And I think what I'm really, really enjoying at probably, um, you know, not only obviously seeing how well the brand seems to be developing, but it's also just seeing people just really enjoying the roles. And because these are voluntary roles, they've all got full time jobs. Um, it's just really great to see that you know how much how much they're enjoying it too, and I and I think this is it's got quite infectious amongst the team. Which yeah, is, once you get it rolling. Yeah, it's I mean it's great, really. Yeah, and it's nice to hear that it's a female team at the helm as well. So yourself and Natasha and that was only by chance actually. Yeah. In fact, quite um, nice though. I like that. I'll take that, that even was, if it's was, by chance. Yeah, no, that was only by chance. That wasn't planned. <laughs> it's obviously um, working though, so that everybody is. take note to that. It works. <laughs> Um, and I think you you kind of you come across as somebody that's obviously ambitious and you're very driven. Did you have any kind of big goals for yourself in the next year or so? Have you got anything um, that you're thinking about? I think sort of I suppose what the last couple of years is sort of really demonstrated is um, I didn't I didn't expect when I left um, you know the law firm where I was to um, well I didn't ever anticipate doing a Jersey finance role as a litigator. <laughs> that's not yeah. something I've into, and I've enjoyed it immensely. I really have. And still do. And similarly with the IOD role, I've I didn't anticipate chairing it when I was approached to see if I'd be interested. I 
you know, I really did again think, you think, oh, you know, this is like another, and it is, it's another full-time yeah, yeah. role outside of the day job. It's a, you know, I, I can go back at night and the, the inbox will be completely full like the day role. So um, it is a huge commitment. And I think, um, I suppose as a person, I'm a great believer in if you're going to do something, give it you complete all. Um, so I think for the remaining sort of two plus years, um, I think um, we've done a lot of the heavy lifting in the last few months. Um, we've you know, we've really, as I said, with the committee, the subs, um, the new website, the new newsletter. But I think um, it sort of gets on a roll. And I think now there's so much, you know, other things that we can do as a brand. Um, and so I've got lots and lots of ideas for the next two years, which I'd love to try and implement. And I'd love to kind of leave, I suppose, this role as, you know, of, of having achieved as much as those and really going out as having made a mark mm. and made it more modern and inclusive as a brand. Um, after that, I haven't really thought ahead. <laughs> that's quite a lot. That's, that's a big list already. So I'll let you off. What about personally? Have you got any kind of personal goals? In it? Um, Anything that you're thinking about? I think, um, you know, my husband and I often speak about this in terms of, uh, you know, what does retirement hold, I suppose, as you sort of start to, you know, hit your 50s. And I, I think, you know, he's right. He knows me very well. But um, I suppose it's, um, it's just feeling fulfilled and feeling happy. And, uh, in my own case, that's really, I suppose, you know, it's being involved and it's down to the communication again. Um, but I suppose, you know, um, I suppose you have to sort of look at each chapter as you hit it and what feels right. Mm. And at the moment, um, I can honestly say having hit 50 last year that actually, I, you know, I absolutely love the two present roles. I mean, they are full on. They really are. Um, I have to be incredibly organised, really organised. And uh, but but, you know, in a way, it's it's a great challenge. And yeah, I, I you know, could be happier actually with those those two positions at the moment. So it's working out well then? At the moment, yes. <laughs> and we talked about your cake earlier. I love that analogy. I'm going to start using that. You're kind of, <laughs> which slices go where? Do you have any time in your cake allocation just for you, just for Lisa? Um, no. <laughs> Is it something you'd like to have? Um, no, I mean, I say that. I mean, I'm actually... Um, so like this weekend, um, I'm yeah I'm spending some time with my godmother and her daughter. Going to go and see the Mamma Mia show. Oh and, great! Um, um, so and then I've been um, I've been shortlisted for an award on Wednesday night. So I thought actually oh, amazing. Gone Congratulations! Oh, thank you. Um, so actually, normally I would have gone into our London office to work on Thursday, and um, yeah, I was I surprised my husband even actually yesterday because I said, you know what, I think we should go and see the Tutankhamun exhibition oh. that's on. So you know very occasionally like that I'll sort of think actually you know what no don't just default to work because it'll always be work um and the IOD there's always something to yeah. do um so I actually thought no you know but um yeah no I, I for those that know me I'm I tend to um I you know I, I do make time for um David and I at the weekends as I say with like long walks mm. and like you know going out with friends um uh, in the evening or at lunch um, so there will be those slices of the, the cake to, to ensure that there is that downtime. Um, but yeah, I, I'm probably better. I, I, I love company. I enjoy, I enjoy meeting people, you know, from all walks of life. So that's probably when I'm at my happiest. That's when it works for you. <laughs> well, we always finish off by asking how, if there's anything that you want to kind of improve on, any relationships or connections in your life in the next kind of, say, year, you think, oh, that's one I'd like to focus on or give more time to? Um, I try and as much as possible. Um, um, I, yeah, I, I suppose I try and keep all the balls going as much as I can. And um, because I have this kind of regular check-in at a weekend, which has become quite like a default mechanism, yeah. really, because I think you have to have that. 
Um, and I learned that when I was in practice that you, you've got to keep checking in with yourself to make sure. I suppose that I try and yeah keep a rolling list of when I've last seen the godchildren, when I've last seen my friend, you know, yeah. to make sure that you are sort of, you know, you, you because it's so easy, as we all know, to become completely engulfed in work. And um, so I, I, I think I try and, yeah, I try and work on all those relationships as much as I can. And um, so, yeah, at the moment, I mean, <laughs> friends and family might say otherwise, but no, I try, try and sort of ensure that there is that time allocated for, for everybody. And it's really good to hear somebody say that, that, you know, actually taking the time to go, I'm going to think about those relationships and make sure I've not missed anyone, make sure I've checked in. That's really important. Yeah, I think so, because, you know, as we all know, life, you know, goes incredibly fast. Yeah. And also, um, you know, even we forget, you know, that we're always, we're all getting, we all sort of, you know, in my own case, you kind of think of yourself in your late 30s and you think, no, I'm 50 now. <laughs> and, but, you know, so you, you've got to, again, I think, keep keep an eye on that because, you know, I think the older I've got as well, I mean, I find, you know, you're in the lift on a Monday morning on the way up to the work and then before you know it's Friday and you think, God, that go again Mm. so I think it's being mindful a lot more in terms of of that um and I suppose the way that I look at it is that you know both with the JFL and the IOD roles that you know there are roles that um you know won't do forever in a day um that you know that so you know you're you're conscious of giving those roles your best Mm. in that time frame and then I know whether the next sort of phase involves ned roles or whatever that be or charity work whatever um then you focus on that next but it's trying to I suppose give your best in, in that moment in that moment well it's been really lovely to talk to you today how can our listeners find out more about kind of iod and, and what they're doing if they want to find well out our new website uh, <laughs> goes live on on wednesday um, oh, so uh, we're delighted so that's www.iod.je um, and we've got all the information about how to become a member on that as well as our news on our events um, also if you're interested in any of the courses all the details are on there it's a really uh, looks fabulous actually we're delighted um, and shortly after the website's launch we will be complementing that with a new look newsletter which will also be detailing activities of all the subcommittees as well um, and that shows what we're doing with diversity inclusion mm. uh, the technology and innovation um, industry and also we're doing a green event in September oh cool um, which is uh, really exciting actually so, so head to the website there'll be able to all find the out details everything. on there yes Fantastic. well Lisa thank you so much for your time thank you for inviting me thank you very much you're very welcome ah oh. Uh, those this headphones is like a chat, make, isn't it? Yeah, those headphones make my ears really hot, so you I take must them be, off. But so I'm how like... have you done before today? Hopefully you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. You can tune in every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher for the next free episode. And why not subscribe so you don't miss out? If you like it, then don't forget to leave us a five-star review because they really do help. And head over to Instagram at ink underscore blot underscore creative to carry on the conversation. Thanks so much for listening and don't forget to stay connected. Mm -hmm.